Hi there, folks, and welcome to Packaged, the podcast all about the subscription services and the brains behind them. Today, we're going to be sitting down and talking with... My name is Mark. ...about their subscription service. We hope you enjoy this dive into the origin, vision, and mission of yet another unique and noteworthy business. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thanks for asking. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and just get things kicked off right away. Um, thank you for coming to join us as far as being a uh, one of our guests on Packaged. It's um, always great to hear from more business people, hearing more stories and situations, scenarios. And so thank you for your time. It really means a lot. It's an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Well, before we really get into talking about uh, things with your business, tell me a little bit about you, where you're from, how old you are, what your occupation is. Tell me tell me everything that we need to know. Okay. <clears throat> My name is Mark. I am a long-time web and application developer uh, from Birmingham in the UK, uh, which is the city that isn't London. Um, it's the second... Um, we like to call it the second city, but uh, <laughs> most people have heard of Manchester. They haven't heard of Birmingham, but yeah. that's fine. Um, we have a chip on our shoulder. It's strange. Um, and uh, I am, oh, I've got to think now, 35. Yes, I think. I think, I think I'm think i 35. I'm at that age now where the numbers start to blur together. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've been... Um, a fan of the medium of podcasting for the last sort of 11 years since uh, well in fact much much longer than that but I've, I've been making podcasts for about 10 years and towards the end of 2016 after um, about 6 months of freelancing I decided that I wanted to start building a podcast hosting service it was a service at, at the time not a company because um, it was all run under my consultancy business, um, and now this month, uh, Podient, the uh, the podcast hosting company, is now its own uh, limited company. Uh, you know, a, a registered business uh, in wow. its uh, own right. Congratulations! Thank you. So, so you said you mentioned uh, that you got into podcasting um, uh, like eleven years ago or so. So, what really sort of piqued your interest as far as far as getting involved with that industry? I it's it's really hard to say actually because I've been listening to shows um since about 2004 and for whatever reason having come fresh out of university and doing a project that was very much we we conceived of this uh concept that was very akin to podcasting um in terms of making radio shows that were available on demand mm-hmm. and we, you know, we even thought about the licensing, licensing implications, and all that kind of stuff, and then started listening to podcasts a few months, a few months later, and for whatever reason, and I, I've I've been thinking about this lately, and sort of kicking myself for not really doing anything about it at the time, and and sort of just listening to that content and going, well, that's fine, then I'll just carry on about my day, and not at any point thinking, well, I should do that, like. That's exactly the kind of thing that I like. Yeah. Um, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the technical aspect of doing it. I like uh, presentation. I've done student radio and community radio and uh, various things like that. And and I, I still wonder why back in 2004 when I started listening to 
the Ricky Gervais show or whatever it was, mm-hmm. that I didn't think, hey, I should I should get on board with this. I think maybe because I didn't get into it as many people did at the time through people like Adam Carolla or not Adam Carolla. Um, uh, I've forgotten his name now. The um, it's one of the, one of the chaps that is um, in, uh, often credited with uh, inventing the medium of podcasting. He was a former uh, MTV VJ. Uh, and his name has uh, has absolutely escaped me. Um, but there were people around that time who were doing this kind of thing, and it came from that more sort of American ham radio tradition of just people in their bedrooms or in their home studios making stuff. And because the stuff I was listening to was being put out by The Guardian and the BBC, I think I didn't feel like I had a place in that particular market, if you sure, like. Sure, Um I think it probably wasn't until... Uh, I, I certainly remember getting really, really back into podcasting um, and hearing British voices again in um, 2000 and t- towards the end of 2007, listening to Helen and Ollie doing Answer Me This. And after a couple of months of, of listening to that, it then struck me that this might be something I could do. And I bought a load of equipment, uh, the same kind of stuff that I had when I was at university. Um, oddly enough, uh, for some reason i think just because i like the technology i bought a mini disc recorder hmm. and uh recorded my um audio uh on mini disc and then took it home and then played that into the machine and edited it that way and that's how i did my the, the first six episodes of my podcast um and i've been doing things on and off producing shows for myself and other people uh pretty much ever since uh, i took a little a little bit of a break and then in 2013 got really really back into it ran a podcasting network which kind of very slowly collapsed um in 2016 uh when i started going freelance just because i it it wasn't going where i wanted it was and it was just a lot of effort to keep running um when it was just it was really hard to get to where i wanted to be with it Mm. um and so you know it was one of those things um but I, i never I never gave up and, and uh, you know, making shows and, and wanting to wanting to get, uh, carry on podcasting and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of me. Uh, and then because of the, the web development stuff happening alongside that and being, you know, my, my day job, the two things really married together when yeah. uh, when I came to build Podiant. Yeah, obviously. Um, so when you were making podcasts, you, know, you mentioned that you've made different podcasts, produced different kinds for yourself or for other people. Um, what have been some of the podcasts that you've like that you've put out that you've had the ideas for that you've hosted or anything or or maybe even just some of your favorites or highlights from your experience doing that? Yeah. Um, well, the, the one of the ones that I really really want to pick up there's there's two actually um, that are very sort of near and dear to my heart, but they take a lot of effort. Um, one of them was called The City is Alive, and I've only recorded – I recorded one and a half episodes, um, and uh, it was it was a sort of narrative podcast in the kind of This American Life style with lots of scripted content and then mm. uh, audio being recorded out in the field. Yeah. And it was very lovingly crafted and put together with, you know, with music that came in. And it was, um, you know, a 25 minute program that took hours and hours and hours to put together. And, and I, I'm really, really proud of it and really like it. And it was a sort of fairly normal, uh, a fairly unremarkable story. But the idea was trying to um, trying to create moments so that the um, the tagline was stories about place and time. So it was about events that happen once 
and 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 are never sort of recreated and and trying to recapture those moments or trying to help give a sense of what it might have been like to be there um how that event came to be and that kind of stuff and that was but that was the the basic idea but it took it takes so much effort to put a show like that together being one guy who at the time had a day job that it just it it did it didn't become something i, I could sustain and then the um the other one that uh, i is, is very much something i want to pick up again it's something I only did last year, and it's called uh, the Escape Hatch or Mark Steadman's Escape Hatch, and it it was a combination of a, a, a there was a live radio show and a and a podcast, um, and in that I um, it's it's a it's a weird weird thing to explain, but basically it was a narrative uh, storytelling slash gameplay podcast. So um, what ended up being the arc is is I created this um, sort of sci-fi comedy um, universe, and I would put a guest in that universe, and it was it was an ongoing story. So we did twelve episodes, and it was a twelve episode arc. So it's the, a continuing story um, with a main character who is not referred to by name or gender, and uh, each episode a different person played the same character and so i would catch them up on here's what happened last week really? this is this is the story so far and then we the, you know they, they'd play and, and i would give them little riddles or or things to solve and you know um little tasks to do and then a big choice at the end which was a free choice that they could make which then meant that whichever choice they made i would have to write that that branch of the story for next week and really? it was loads of fun to put together and and yeah. i'm i'm really proud of the concept and i'm proud of how it turned out i think there's there's technical things that aren't necessarily great but um the guests were, were pretty good and i think it was it was funny i haven't really listened to it but i i kind of think I, I might want to um because yeah. uh i i it's something i miss and I'd, I'd really like to do it again and so i'm my hope is um at some point that that I'll be able to have the time to get the because it's it's it was really a, a matter of getting the time uh to well sorry getting the guests uh booked in and then you know actually writing the writing the story oh, was absolutely. was the thing uh, and the, the weird thing is and I'll, I'll 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 move off of this in a sec but the the weird thing um was that when I did the first episode which was which was live I didn't know if I was going to reuse the same story or not. And so I, I thought I might come up with a new story each week. And then for whatever reason, we came to the end of that story. And I just thought the next week when I came to write it, I just carried on writing the same story. And it was very silly and very throwaway. And there was no backstory. There was no arc. But then over because of the choices that the characters, that the, the players made over the, the course of the, um, of, of the, of the series, we ended up in this like in this sprawling um space opera that i never <laughs> would have in a in a million years have conceived of with um with interdimensional uh meta story based um spiders that that detect um uh, uh, uh breaks in reality and try and that eat away at the broken universe in order to restore it. And um, it all happened because of a computer that was fueled by story. It had a bug. And so it created a mirror universe where different choices were being made. And so that's what made the spiders come and the spiders ate organic matter and turned them into zombies. And, and like <laughs> it was, yeah, it, 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 it got, it got quite, um, 
yeah, it got quite fun, and and yeah. so um, I, I already know what the next series is going to be, which is um, it's going to be a murder, a locked room murder mystery. Um, oh, nice. But it's just a, it's just a matter of when I can do it. But yeah, yeah that's that's something I'm, I'm really pleased with. Well, that's really cool, and that's a really um, neat thing to open up to people, especially something so interactive. Uh, it reminds me of you know. Uh, I don't exactly remember the time period, but literature used to be written that way in series. People would, you know, publish literature in newspapers and, you know, depending on audience reactions, they would, you know, or how people reacted, they would craft the story to follow that. They've done that with TV. They do that um, with a lot of stuff. So it's really cool to see that element taken into something like podcasting. Yeah, um, I hadn't actually thought of it that way, but I really like that. Yeah. 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 So um, that's that's really cool way to keep keep that relevant. That's awesome. So. <laughs> As far as um, – let's, let's talk a little bit about Podient. So you go to the Podient website, and the first thing that you see is a banner on the front that said, Podcast Hosting for Humans. Flesh that out for me a little bit. Why, does it, why, why is it worded that way? Um, flesh that out for me. Yeah. Um, so my experience with a lot of uh, podcasting stuff is that often the user interfaces – are not great, sure. um, very, very simply. And it's one of the things that I'm very proud of that people um, come back to when, when I'm dealing with support or just dealing with, with people talking on Twitter is they, they talk about the user interface and, and um, the ease of using Podium, which is what I hope uh, people experience. And um, so it, it kind of came from my own um, laziness in that I just wanted to be able to very quickly drag a piece of audio, not have to worry about the format. You know, um, maybe on a particular day I was recording on some different kit or I didn't want to have to wait for it to um, encode into MP3. So I just wanted to upload a WAV file or whatever. Sure. Or someone sent me an OG Vorbis file or, or whatever it was and, and be able to throw that up in there. But also... Um, to be able to automatically put the artwork in the MP3 file, to put chapters in there, to uh, do various things like that, that I, I in in WordPress or in other uh, hosts that I've used, um, I you, you would have to do that manually. And and some hosts, you even had to put the duration of the file in. And my because in in um, in podcasting you have this thing called an RSS feed, which is what tells podcast apps and directories when you have a new episode. And it's a requirement that you have the duration of the episode in that file, yeah. uh, in, in that RSS feed. And so my thing is, don't ask users for information you can find out yourself. You can find out the duration. If you're, you know, if you're a programmer, you can find out the duration of a file because the file will tell you. Yeah. So you don't need to ask the user. You just need to be better set up to be able to process that in the background so that you're not interrupting them. And it's things like that that I didn't want to have to go back into my audio software. Okay, that's the duration. I've got to make sure it's converted into hours, minutes, seconds, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so a lot of it came from not wanting to worry about certain things uh, yeah. and, and wanting to be able to just throw things up really quickly and and for the kind of for the system to get out of my way. Um, and so that's kind of the idea with Podient is that um, for prof- I, I think the for humans line, I think, you know, at, at some point it may change. But I think as I certainly understand or get to understand Podient's target audience 
more and more. Um, I really think of it as a platform for the what I like to think of as the discerning hobbyist um, or the budding professional. So it's it's someone who is not afraid of committing a bit of cash because they've got a hobby that they love, they've got a passion that they want to express, or they're they're starting um, a, a, you know a new project and want to have the right tools to get that project off the ground. Absolutely. So that's the way I like to think about it. And that's why I think people come and try us because there are much bigger, you know, unarguably there are much bigger and much longer um, lasting or, you know, have lasted longer um, hosting companies that, that exist for podcasting. They, you know, no question, you know, Libsyn has, you know, he's, he's they've been creating uh, or they've been allowing people to host podcasts since, you know, God was in diapers. And so... <laughs> Um, the, but, but what most in my experience, most of those, not all of them, but most of those services seem to suffer from is, is this lack of you know, the, the user interfaces and the software hasn't really changed since it was first built. Um, and you know, I don't want to call out other companies necessarily, but that there, there are, you know, big players in the game that haven't updated that stuff. And that may sound trivial, but I think it makes a big difference. Oh, sure. Um, you know, I spend a fair amount of time in the dashboard and, and as I do more podcasts, I want to spend more time in the Podium dashboard. And so I want that to be comfortable. It doesn't have to be gorgeous. It doesn't have to be sexy, but it has to be comfortable and I have to know where to find the things or at least, you know, if I don't know where to find the things to be able to easily ask someone. And that's why we, you know, we have the support that we do. And that's another thing that I'm very proud of with Podium is that I try to be as attentive as I can do, uh, as I can be with support. And it's not just me anymore that, that you know, we have our, our community advocate, uh, Brendan, who, who does a, a stellar job of um, helping um, answer people's questions and direct people to, to the right resources and things like that. And so, you know, that combined with trying to take some of the, the hassle out of podcasting and also give really really powerful tools to podcasters for things like analytics and integrations you know we're just now beta testing the ability um for you to edit your own uh template for your for your website so you know if you've got a bit of bit of technical knowledge you know a bit of html or you can you can sort of figure it out um you can now do that and we're, we're, we're testing that with a few a few people at the moment um and and you know you 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 get a playground where you can throw stuff around and see how it works and and you know if it breaks no you know no worries just refresh the page or just yeah. hit reset and and you're okay you know you yeah. haven't broken anything um and and it's it's tools like that that um are often things that people uh, ask for in our slack or or you know elsewhere or that i i think you know it would be really nice if i could just do this yeah. and i am podient's first customer at the end of the day and and so i eat my own dog food and and yeah. my pain points are are everyone else's pain points and so together i think we we end up solving these problems and and one of podient's greatest assets is its user base um because the the people i work with are fantastic and they're patient because i you know we we're still a young company and i kind of have a a move fast and break things philosophy um (laughs) i want to get things out quickly 
and get them fixed when they're broken as quickly as possible. But move, 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 move. Keep mm. evolving. Keep making the system good. Keep making sure we keep up um, with with various changes. Keep making sure we can grow and taking all of these different steps. And and we stumble every now and again, but we haven't fallen yet. Uh, you know, we 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 have these little hiccups. Um, and and I think that the people who I speak to on uh, via our you know our support system are wonderful and they understand I think what we're trying to do and part of that is because they they know they're speaking to me they're not speaking to a giant corporation they know this sure. is a small operation and they're they're putting their faith um, behind what we're trying to do and for I, I don't take that lightly you know. Um, I, I, you know, I take that I take that stuff very seriously, and so I do think that that one of Podient's greatest strengths is the people that that want to come and use it and and try it out every day. So yeah, absolutely, that's awesome. And you know, just quick comment, I love the fact that as you said, uh, you are Podient's you know first customer. I love that you know you're coming from a perspective that your customers and clients, you know, you're doing it with them. It's not even that you used to do that; it's that you're still using it with them. And so, you know, yeah. not that it's self-motivated that you get a better service for yourself, but you are in the trenches, so to speak, with your customers, which is um, really awesome. You know, they, it's very relatable and it puts you, you know, at a pretty competitive advantage as far as, you know, you know what things are actively looking like, what changes need to be made and need to be made quickly or maybe not so much. And so that's that's a really, really cool element um, to your business. Um, but when, when it looks, when you take a look at Podient, um, you know, you said it's a young company. How did it exactly sort of come off, uh, come off the ground in the sense that, you know, obviously, like you said, you're trying to make this as easy for people to use as possible. You want them to be able to enjoy, you know, like, like you said, using the software to pull information from those RSSS feeds, you know, to code their own websites without necessarily, you know, um, you know, knowing super a whole lot about coding or HTML or scripting on the computer. So, what has gone into the development of this? Uh, was this obviously you said you were in web development? So was this stuff that you all had to come up with on your own from the ground up? Was this a team effort? Tell me a little bit about the origin of Podient from a technical perspective. Okay, so uh, towards the end of 2016, I had uh, a podcast I was running, and I, I wasn't uh, like I liked the people I was hosting it with, but there, there were some problems with the platform. So I started to think could I look at doing this again, you know, having built a similar platform before for a podcast network, I already had either some of the the code or, or at least I had an idea of the, the you know, the, 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 the flow, the, the, the sort of shape of how a system like this needs to work. Um, and so I, I started, I don't know, probably over a weekend throwing something together very quickly and it was built from uh, an MVP, you know, minimum viable product uh, idea. So all I needed at the time was a way to import my existing podcast, a player that looked okay and worked, um, and a dashboard where I could uh, add uh, new episodes and, you know, write my write my show notes and maybe manage a bit of metadata. And so I started pulling bits of code together and tools together uh, to start building that. And so that's what I I did, I think, yeah, probably over a, a weekend or, or, a, or a few days um, to get that initial sort of kernel of the system running. Sure. Um, 
you know, with no no sign up or anything like that. You know, I, I used a, a, a script to uh, or a, a shell command to generate my own root password and that username and password. And that was the only account that could log in. Um, and I could, you know, upload my podcast. And then I think I, I probably imported a bunch of my old my old shows and got those hosted Threw it up on um, Heroku, the um, uh, hosting platform uh, that's it, it's really good for starting a new project because you can get off up and off the ground for free uh, and their tools are actually really, really easy to use and really scalable. Um, they get expensive when you start doing high memory stuff, which started to happen later, which is why uh, in early 2017, I moved our architecture away. But sure. for starting the project, uh, Heroku was was perfect. Um, and so, you know, used Amazon S3, which we've now just moved away from as well, but using uh, Amazon S3 to host the assets. So obviously the MP3s, but also the artwork and, and different versions of the artwork. So every time an image is uploaded, there's different versions at different sizes uh, that were generated at the time that was done on the fly um, so that your browser wasn't having to download big images and then inevitably scale them down oh, wasting yeah. a bunch of bandwidth sure um so yeah so so that was um that was how it how it worked and then uh a, a few weeks later having sort of thought actually i quite like this that yeah this is working out i wrote a um i think i, I went on to beta list uh and which is a you know a, a website for companies that maybe want to attract people to uh, run beta tests of their uh software um and i paid for an expedited or you know a, a, an ex um a, an otherwise sort of uh, enhanced listing of podiums uh i don't know it's about 150 bucks something like that and um wrote a quick piece um got a twitter account set up I've got a bunch of because I'm a nut job. I've got a bunch of old Twitter accounts that don't do much, and mm. so I got them all to follow Podient so that it had some numbers. You know, by the end <laughs> it had about fifteen followers, sure. just so that it didn't look like an egg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and you know, wrote, wrote a couple of you know a couple of sentences, uh, and I think the page is still up there that you can see now. Um, and started getting you put a Mailchimp uh, sign up form somewhere. Um, I think probably on the on the homepage, you know, put a very very simple homepage together for Podiums and and put a Mailchimp form on there, and directed everyone to that. And I started getting signups, and then I would send out, uh, I you know, I built a very quick beta invitation system so that um, once I got their email from Mailchimp, I could put that into an invitation system, generate them an invite code, which would then automatically email them to say, hey, you're invited to use Podiums. Um, use this invite code when you register or follow this link and you know they they could sign up and and create the podcast and most people sort of followed up and and signed up but then didn't do much because they were just curious they were startup people and they were they're just interested in the world of startups more than anything else yeah. um but uh, sticking with i guess with it with the technical stuff um from as as it started to grow in uh i guess it probably became more apparent in so once we moved because i had to move um from heroku when we didn't have very much uh, of a user base which was good at the time um i pulled an all-nighter and moved us to uh, a hosting company that i very much like uh, called digital ocean 
and uh, spun up an architecture there, a bunch of web servers and worker servers and all this kind of stuff, um, and uh, moved, yeah, mo- you know, mo- moved the whole architecture over there, and it sat there um, for well up until New Year's Day this year. Uh, mm. It sat in pretty much in that state, wow. um, and then as the system grew, I had to just add, you know, more capacity, more yeah. more servers. Uh, we added, you know, I was using. Um, for the longest time, we used uh, a third-party analytics system. So every time someone downloaded a podcast, uh, downloaded an episode, I would talk to a third-party API in the background and say, here's all the details, like here's the um, user agent string of the browser, here's the software they're running, here's uh, where they've come from, so that that could all be put into a system to generate graphs and show you like, you know, X amount of people uh, listen to your show on an iPhone or X amount come from the, you know, come from Brazil or whatever. Sure. Um, and that was a third party system and they were in beta at the time. They're called connect. Um, and, uh, it was, it was quite nice, but that was one of the, you know, there's been a few of these sort of points where I, I've, I've really seen the system creak. And one of the first ones to really start creaking was the, uh, the analytics and people started saying, you know, my, my analytics aren't showing up. Um, and it was because the system that we were using was taking too long to respond because we put so much data into it. Um, and I think we hadn't created the right indexes or whatever, but either way, there there was just so much data that it was, it was falling over. And so I then moved all of that into its own database, uh, what's called a non-relational database. Um, well, we, we, we couldn't move the actual data. So we, what, what I did, because, you know, obviously you've got people's hard-earned stats, you know, that they've gathered for three months or whatever. They don't want to lose that information. So we ran the two in parallel for a while and then slowly phased out the old system. Um, And and, and that's that's worked pretty well. And so we've been on the old system now for, I don't know, about um, seven or eight months and uh, on the new system, and it's working really well. Um, And we grew and grew and grew uh, because we had a free tier and and this you know maybe something we can talk about in uh in greater detail in a, in a tick but as we got more and more people using the system and i was you know shelling out more and more uh, in terms of hosting fees I, I had to find lots of creative ways of solving the problems that, that we were having yeah. um which were basically it takes a long time to generate an rss feed especially if you've got an old podcast a a long-running podcast you know if you've got a show that's got 300 episodes um and you're generating a one megabyte file and you're doing that every time uh an app is asking for it that's a lot of wasted energy and that's a lot of time that those web servers aren't spending on other things and it's really important like one of my mantras at at that time was it was all about getting the number of requests per second up so that we could um fulfill more requests because sure. web browsers and, and and apps if they don't get an answer within a certain amount of time they'll just give up uh, yeah. and they'll stop <laughs> yeah um and so it was really really important that the system was able to reply to as many connections um as possible and so that that really became the thing and um and then it towards the end of october i think it was or about mid october we got to a point where it all became untenable and it became too much. And we had to change from uh, the, the the sort of all out free hosting and kind of donation model, which we had 
um, to a stricter system where you know shows that are um, hosting for free need to give a sort of a community case um and you know because we wanted to carry on hosting websites for free yeah. uh, podcasts for free but we could only really because we were just getting people who you know no disrespect to people who just want to sort of chat with their friends that's great and and they want to disseminate their their humor or their viewpoints or whatever to their friends and their colleagues and and that kind of stuff and that's brilliant but we you know it, it just it didn't serve us in our best interests to be to be serving those kind of, of podcasts for free um and so we, we you know we had to have a pivot and um and it really was down it wasn't even a, it wasn't actually a financial question at all it was which is i think what people assumed uh which you know as you would of course you would because you're saying well you're providing things for free therefore you're problems are to do with money and it wasn't it was to do with demand created by the fact that it was free (laughs) meaning that all our servers were just they were they were taxed um and so we had to make a you know i had had to make some some difficult decisions and then change a lot of the architecture again uh so that things kept working and and people have really stuck with us um you know we've had people that that were here and and paying even in the beta stages um and they, they've stuck with us and you know they just want more and 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 they want to host more podcasts and they you know they want discounts for that because uh, rightly they should because they're hosting more shows but um <laughs> they you know they, they've they've stuck with us all the way through this and um that's one reason that you know I, i'm i'm very grateful to to our user base um, and we're now at a really really good point uh, where those kind of issues are for the most part behind us Partly because you know we we've had this you know discussion with with the user base to say look we, this isn't something we can sustain anymore um, you know write to us tell us you know uh, what it what it is what's unique what's interesting about your show that that gives it a community benefit and we will honestly look at that and listen to it and uh, and that's been a fascinating um, process um, but it's it's that and a combination of some technical problem solving thinking and ways to solve problems without spending too much money i think are uh, you know those are the um those are the the, the battles that i that i'm yeah. <laughs> um, you know fighting at the moment is you know this i want this to be my my day job um and it sort of is it's just not it doesn't pay the bills yet yeah and i want it to to get to a position where it does and in order to do that you know i need to keep running things economically as i've said you know to, to many people when talking about this this isn't a a venture capital funded enterprise this is a labor of love and it's a serious project that is this is not a hobby this is not you know i take this absolutely serious and i take everybody's content and feeds uh, um you know i take those deadly seriously and when you know people upload an episode and the feed doesn't update for whatever reason you know i'm 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 there at night trying to figure it out i don't go to bed and go i'll figure it out in the morning um you know because this is it's a labor of love it's not a hobby um and and so because it's a labor of love i don't have endless supplies of cash and so i want to walk that fine line between um, something that that can be run economically and and something that actually works really well and I and I think you know we we keep coming up with with nice little ways of of being able to do that from you know aggressive caching of feeds to uh, moving all of our content uh, off of um, uh, Amazon 
and moving it to DigitalOcean, which uses the same uh, systems that like when you upload a file and when you you ask for files, it's using the same um, what's called an SDK. You can use the same SDK to talk to both systems, but one is 10 times cheaper than the other. So when you're... You know, when you're uh, financially uh, prudent or, or, you know, try, trying to keep an eye on your wallet, um, yeah. those kind of decisions are, are key. Absolutely. Um, one one more question for you. Um, what would you say over this process working with Podient is something, you know, something just key that you have learned, whether you expected to learn it or whether you didn't, whether this was through a difficulty or whether it wasn't through something particularly challenging, what would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned over your time uh, getting this started up? The problem you think is going to be the problem is not going to be the problem. Hmm. It'll be a different problem. Um, and it might you might later find out that it's tangentially connected to the same problem, but it won't be the problem. Everybody predicted um, and, and assumed that Podient's um, downfall would be um, bandwidth and um hosting uh fees uh, as in actually hosting the you know the the disk space for hosting yeah. people's files yeah, and that sure. wasn't the problem that that wasn't um and i thought the you know i i didn't know i knew that it wasn't going to be a smooth sale even offering you know well with with offering a free tier i knew that that was you know that that could be that could be challenging i didn't expect the number of people who didn't or couldn't pay um, because I, you know, in my head, I told the story of what Podient was, but of course I didn't. I didn't communicate that okay. to yeah. in in the marketing. I didn't explain, you know, that. Well, this is just, you know, I said I said in various pieces, you know, this is a small operation, blah blah blah. But I didn't explain the spirit in which the offer was made, and if, so of course you can't expect people to 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 you know. Um, to pass up on a on a free offer you know if, if they're yeah. thinking well i could afford to pay for it um but this guy's giving it away for free well i'll, I'll have it for free please sure. um i don't need <laughs> yeah. to know his story i'm gonna have it for free and you know mm. i didn't i didn't count for that and i should have um but i don't regret any of those decisions at all um mm. because they got us to where you know we are now and and in a very crass way although this was never my intention it has led us i think to have maybe a a larger base of paying customers than we necessarily would have if we'd have just started at $12.99 from nothing um you know as 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 um cynical as as that sounds and i I, you know it does and it wasn't it wasn't the intention to oh i'm going to offer a free service and then pull the rug under everybody so i can then charge them money um (laughs) i think the the outcome has worked in our favor in that i think it's it's been a very expensive marketing thing and i've never spent a a a dollar on marketing um but i think the money that that has been spent in running the system while we had 1600 um podcasts uh that were you know 1580 of them being hosted for free um (laughs) while we had that number that was you know in in crass business terms that's 1580 people that you can then say hey you you like this service you're using it we it would be really useful if you could pay for it now yeah um (laughs) We wouldn't have got to those people otherwise. Yeah. Um, and so while it wasn't the intention, it, it's 
un, you know you, you can't deny that that's been it's it's been advantageous in in a way um and i think i, I probably I, I wouldn't do the same again um because you know knowing that that's the outcome i think you know that that would be silly but um i'm glad that it's it's you know we where we are where we are now because i've learned a huge amount and i continue to learn a huge amount and i talk to different people every day who dif- you know do different shows and have different needs and um and and that's wonderful and uh, i want to continue doing that absolutely um here uh one final question what do things look like for the future of Podient? You know, is there some, whether it's some sort of vision that you have, some new thing that you're trying to develop? I know you mentioned something about, you know, customizing own web pages and things, but uh, if there's one thing that you're just stoked beyond belief about, I would love to hear that so you could share that with everyone. Well, the next thing um, is going to be uh, networks. So allowing people to create their own podcast networks um, and the theming uh, the ability to edit themes was very much part of that because um, it's going to be very important that you know people be able to customize a little bit more so that every podcast network hosted on Podium doesn't look exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, going forward from that, I have like lots of dreams and lots of aspirations. You know, um, I, I, I want to get an app uh, built. You know, I, I again, I've got the I've got the know how um, to be able to build it, but not the time at the moment. Um, but that's something that I would, I would really like to do so that people can record their audio on the fly. Um, and you know, probably use a different app to record and edit it, but have the ability to upload and manage that and see their stats and see that kind of stuff really quickly on the fly, uh, I think would be, would be super useful. Um, and there's, there's other things, sort of other ideas that, that pop up every now and again, but really, I just I want to be around and I want to be doing this for the next you know five ten years. I'm yeah. not looking for um I'm not looking for the big uh, the big Silicon Valley buyout or the or whatever. Um, yeah. I uh, because I don't know what the hell I do. <laughs> like, I've genuinely thought about that. I have asked you know I've asked myself that question. Like someone came to you and and offered you you know X million dollars uh, for Podium. Uh, and and you know you, you, obviously it's a it's a fun fantasy to to play out and then in my head I'm going okay well that's great and then I've got all this money and you know um, half of it's gone to to the tax man and that's fine yeah what do I do now I mean because yeah. I'm just still just this guy yeah <laughs> I'm still just, I'm not like it's not like I'm rich and famous and can have everything I want I'm just I'm still just this dude yeah sure. um <laughs> in his in his flat so you know um so I that aside like i i i really love doing this i love podcasting you know i make i make three podcasts for myself a week um you know with with guests and things um and uh, i i produce a podcast for other people and between that and running podiant and talking about podcasting those are the things i want to be doing for the next you know foreseeable future and sure. you know podiant is a it's is such a huge part of that one one quick thing i'll, I'll mention is uh, i guess as we're, we're wrapping up is that when i've had ideas and startups and things in the past which you know i've i've tried out i i've often had the idea and this this feels very significant to me i've, I've often had the idea of like okay well after this thing what's next mm-hmm. so you know i started something 
in 2011, um, you know, I went full, like startup went into an incubator. It was very badly run. And so the thing collapsed, uh, as is, as is the fashion. Um, and, but even when I was building that, when I was even almost conceiving it at the time, I was thinking, oh, here's an idea for the next project. And the thing that has occurred to me recently with Podians is there is no next thing. Hmm. There is no, I'm not looking over the horizon. There is no like, what do I do after Podian? I don't know. I don't care. I want to be doing <laughs> Podian for as long as I can because I, this is the best thing I've ever built. It's yeah. the thing I'm the most proud of and it isn't perfect, but it is I, I am I'm really proud of it and I'm I'm really proud that people, you know, continually wanna wanna carry on using it. Um, you know, that 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 may sound um a little bit too humble, like like it's a good it's a good platform. Like I I I'm kind of doing myself down and saying, you know, being humble that people want to use it. They're not using it out of sympathy. They're using it because they, <laughs> yeah, they, like they it. believe it to be a good platform. Um and uh, you know, it's not the cheapest, so it's not even that reason. Like, mm-hmm. it is, it is a good platform. Um, it's just my nature to to find the you know the, the flies in the ointment. But um, I am incredibly proud of it and and love working on it. And it is, it's the best thing I've done, and I want to continue doing it. That's awesome. Well, Mark, I can feel your passion from <laughs> halfway across the planet, and so. Uh, thank you for being uh, willing to share your time to share some of your uh, your perspective and you know your knowledge from this and about it and your experience. Obviously, you know, packaged uses Podient as well, and so yeah. you know we're very familiar with with uh, with your your service that you offer, and we're very thankful for that as well. And you know, yeah, we use it because we like it too. And so, uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for giving us a little bit of a peek into the passion uh, behind Podient. And um, for being a guest on our show, it really means a lot. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. All right. You take care, Mark. You too. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Packaged, hosted by yours truly, Ryan Hughes, and produced by Eric Lambiassi. It's our mission to help you see the genuine people behind these businesses and to put a little more meaning behind what some people might just call a monthly payment. Remember, everyone has a story. We just shared theirs. Now, go out and share yours. We are subscribed. We are packaged.